the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Let's talk about home prices. There's a lot of ways to create wealth. You can create wealth. You can earn more money. You can invest more money or you can save money. I save money in silly, silly, silly ways. For instance, I never run my dryer between 3 p.m. and 9 p.m. That's the most expensive in California. So I don't do it. I'll run my dryer in the middle of the night, wake up to nicely warm clothes or whatever you want. I also I save money. I'll use credit cards that get me the most savings for the items that I'm purchasing. So thus, I have a gas card that gets me 4% off every time I buy gas. It gets me 3% every time I buy food in restaurants. It gets me 4% off every time I buy food at a gas station, which is kind of interesting. Um, I've got travel cards that give me 3 points to 17 times the point for booking hotels and, and air travel. You get the idea. I'm watching every penny. <clears throat> I save with acorns in what I would call my baby accounts. <laughs> These are not my big nest egg accounts. These are later in life. I, I heard about something and it's not that bad of an idea. For instance, with acorns, what I'm able to do is to round up everything that I'm buying on credit cards which I'm saving my points on. You know that, right? Um, and then if my gasoline or my um, electric bill is $156.11, it'll round it up to $157 and it'll invest 89 cents for me. So that's a little bit of a saving and investing. A teeny tiny little investing tip right there. So there's earning more money, there's investing more money, there's saving more money. One of the things I've invested in is a home. I look at a home as a liability. I do not look at it as an asset. Over time, it becomes an asset. I don't think the idea of paying off a mortgage is a good idea. So I know people who celebrate the fact that they've paid off a mortgage, and I'm like, meh. I don't think that's a great idea. But I'm also talking about an error of low-cost mortgages that kind of came to an end in 2022. Now a mortgage is going to cost you 65 to 7%, and I would prepay a mortgage. First and foremost, I would service my debt. Then I would invest maximum that I can maximize invest, and then I would go back and pay down debt if there's a a debt to pay down over 6%. It's expected that home prices will fall 8% next year. 
high mortgage rates and a possible recession will continue to hurt affordability. So tomorrow, not tomorrow, next year, turning next year into tomorrow, we're AT&T. What sort of corporate phrase is that, right? Home prices expect to fall 8% next year, but affordability is going to continue to be miserable. Not the best time to be a real estate agent. And this is where real estate agents kind of do people harm. Um, And I mean that as a collective and not every individual one. But not everyone should be in a home and not everyone should be pursuing a home. It's a liability. And real estate agents don't see it that way. They see it as an asset. The home I'm in now, when I look at the last 10-year history of it and how it's appreciated, I don't think it's going to appreciate for the next 20. I'm not counting on it. If it happens, I'm going to be thrilled. But to me, it's a liability. Sellers, many of whom now have mortgages with ultra-low rates, are going to be forced to accept lower prices over the next year then they're going to have to go out and buy another home or something with that money at a higher rate than they currently have. So next year is going to be perplexing. As bidders become scarcer, market power will shift further from sellers to buyers. This is all about 2023. And yeah, there's a lot of positives. Like you don't have to rush into a home. You don't have to say, I'll waive every condition. Shaky foundation, I don't care. I'll take it. I'll fix it later. Now you get to say, you know what? You fix that up. Or maybe we split the cost of fixing it up if you want me to be the buyer. For a median income household buying a median priced home, the mortgage payment as a share of income rose 28.5% in October 2022, up from 13.3% in May of 2020. That's a gargantuan jump. The median income household buying a median priced home. It went from 13.3% of your paycheck to 28.5. That's before taxes. So on that 28.5, let's figure you're in a 15% bracket and that's low, right? So that's 43% of your paycheck. Let's say you live in a state like California. That's another 10. That's 53% of your paycheck. Everything you buy to consume in California has retail tax on it, and that's another 10%. Social security taxes, forget about it. It's almost 70% before you even start thinking about food or entertainment or transportation. So I think people are stretching it, to say the least. And they're, they're the ones who can't buy a home or who shouldn't buy a home. But you listen to any real estate agent out there like homes are great investments they only go up over time the median listing price for a u.s home is currently four hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars it's up 13 percent over the last 12 months four hundred twenty-five thousand won't even buy you a one-bedroom apartment in the bay area mortgage rates will go back down to 5.75 percent by the end of 2023 it's expected 
the U.S. economy will fall into a mild recession is the expectation right now on the economy. Sales of single-family homes will fall to their lowest level since 2011. It also expects that single-family home starts, which is also known as new construction. Home starts. Good-looking contractor. Needs to go down to City Hall and pull permits so he can start building new home construction. So permits and starts are important. They're an indicator of future activity. Even though prices are expected to fall, people may find it's still very hard to afford a home as home affordability um, isn't great. So with higher mortgage rates, some lower prices coming. But with a recession looming, a lot of people are going to say, you know what? I don't feel comfortable buying a home this year. So I'm going to buy it in a year from now when the recession's over. So they go back into the rental market, keeping rental demands high, keeping people who are living at home who want to move away from home and get a rental. The inflation's not going to deflate that fast there. So that's the expectation for what's going to happen in home prices in 2023. What else do we need to talk about as far as top stories go? The Fed Reserve, I don't know. We're playing a funny game on Wall Street, don't you think? Where we're waiting for the Fed to pivot. And we're eyeballing the Federal Reserve. And the Fed is talking really, really tough. There's a Fed member, James Bullard, said that the Fed has more work to do in lowering the rate of inflation. He said that the federal fund rates could reach 7%, which is above current market expectations. Like, no, now you're seeing the stock market back down. We just had a great rally in the last five days. We had a great October. Why are you doing this to us? They they don't want inflation above 4%. They want it at 2%. And at 4%, it's a problem. At 6%, it's a big problem. At 7%, it's a very, very big problem. I just talked about how we're not really expecting rental prices to drop that much in the next year. The Fed wants, if I'm divining the tea leaves, the Fed wants people to lose jobs. Because lowering interest rates, or raising interest rates, excuse me, has pushed the annual percentage rate on credit cards up to 30%. We're seeing Americans take on more debt at a faster rate now than we have in 20 years. That's not good. The writing's on the wall. 2023 is going to have a recession. If we avert it, good. But for now, count on it. Because the only thing that really kills inflation are job losses. The Fed raising interest rates curbs spending for sure. And spending was out of control for sure. 
visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archive podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. It's the end of the year. Now is a good time to give yourself a little bit of a checkup. Have you maxed your dental benefits? Have you maxed your health care benefits? Have you maxed your flexible savings account? You tell me. I don't know. You. Tis the season to pick your health care plan. This is an important one. Whether you have the Affordable Care Act or Medicare or an employer-based health insurance plan, you've probably got an email from HR saying, hey, you have until November 15th. December 1st, December 7th, December 8th. I don't know your deadlines. But did your health care plan work out for you last year? Are you satisfied with it or do you want to choose a new one? Good time to do a little bit of a checkup. In my opinion. I want to get you to retirement and have a successful retirement. That's the goal of the show. And part of that is how much you spend on your insurance. Part of it is how much you save, how much you invest, how much you earn. What a year we've had in relationship with our own economy. We've seen the first down market in a long time where it didn't snap back after going down 5%. What I love is in the next 10 years is what I invested in 2022. In 10 years from now, I'm going to be like, sweet. That was the best time ever to invest. But right now, you feel kind of paralyzed because market volatility. I've got some money sitting in my health savings account that I could invest. And so far, I've been very, eh, I'm going to hold off on investing that right now. A little bit paralyzed. To be honest with you, I put money into my health savings account every three months, just like a regular, another investment. I've automated the system so that I can't get paralyzed. I will say tonight, the event that we're doing is sold out. Thank you so much. That is, I'm very, very excited by that room is at full capacity. If you did get a ticket, please show up. If you did not get a ticket, please do not show up. Um, I am bringing masks and sanitizer for people. Um, you really still should protect yourself. This is going to be a nasty flu, COVID and rotavirus season, they say. If you take a look at statistics on the East Coast, it's coming to the West right about now in time for the holidays. One of the things I'm looking forward to tonight is I haven't done a seminar in two years on retirement income and tax savings and retirement. And I don't speak a lot at these events, but I am going to give a special link to everyone who shows up on some market commentary. Got to show up to get the link. Um, and I promise you, I'm going to bring more great content to you in 2023. But this is the first event that I'm going to do since I turned 50. And for the first time, I'm the person who should be in the audience looking at Chad speak. I haven't completely gone from wealth accumulator to wealth manager. 
but I would say a larger portion of my retirement savings are in control with the CFP guiding me and those pot of riches from age 60 to 100, but we're making the plans now. I've never met someone with a portfolio over a million dollars who couldn't benefit from a CFP relationship. Never. But I'm going to have a retirement mindset now, which is weird. I use the term my financial house, how I need to make an active approach so that I can get to an autopilot angle so I can see what what my retirement paycheck is going to look like. I'm a little bit sad. I'm interviewing high schools for my son. And I'm like, whoa, that boy could be out of the house in four years. And that's when you're over 50 and retirement is already looming due to your age. And then retirement's a little looming because you don't have a mouth to feed. You don't have a, a baby to feed. It makes me a little bit sad. Um, I find that a lot of people in retirement and I talked to a man with 20 million plus dollars this year. And ultimately he decided he, he didn't want to work with the CFP that he wanted to do it himself. And just from talking to him, you could see that he didn't understand services and platforms of what could be tailored to him. And that's fine. I get it. Self-managing your retirement, you're going to be outperformed by others. Um, there's a more comprehensive offering of advice and services with the financial planner. But again, as a guy who was a wealth accumulator who did really, really well, am I going to be disappointed if my CFP doesn't continue growing my wealth? I'm not. I'm going to be disappointed if I run out of money. Am I going to be disappointed if I don't leave money to my kids to inherit? I am because that's my goal. Uh, as I'm interviewing high schools for my son, I'm balancing out academics versus social and sports and what they have to offer. I found one high school that is the coolest high school I've ever seen. One it's one-on-one with a teacher for an hour. <clears throat> and then you get up and go to another teacher. And then you get up and go to another teacher. And what they can teach you in an hour is what you can be taught in 10 hours in a public school. So that's pretty weird, right? Uh, but there's it's small because they it's it's obviously expensive, but it's small. But it's a it's a crafted high school. I've never seen anything like this. But the social <laughs> you're not hanging out with 20 other kids. You're not in a class with 30 kids. You're not in a class with teachers who teach the top three and the bottom three and the other 24 get left behind. <clears throat> there's clearly no bullying, but there's also no social best friend. You know, there's a lot to think about in life and money. Is there not? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing in more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I start my morning off each and every day with page one from briefing.com. Patrick O'Hare's article, his headline today, consumer spending views mixed. Um, Could not be more true if I wrote the headline myself. Yesterday, we had kind of a glorious report out of Walmart. Today, we get less so out of Target. Yesterday, kind of glorious with Lowe's and Home Depot and then love and Doing great with the market. Here reporting on this and much, much more. Patrick O'Hare, how are you, Mr. O'Hare? 
Hey, good morning, Rob. I'm doing fine. Thanks. Is it fair to say the retail sales numbers this week are kind of interesting in the sense that they're not consistent? Uh, it is. And I think that there's uh, some important information lurking between the lines, though, of, of the reports, um, you know, that we got from the likes of Walmart and Target and Home Depot and Lowe's. Um, you know, as you alluded to, you know, you had some uh, better than expected earnings news from from Walmart and uh, and Home Depot. But, um you know, when you look at Walmart, they're also talking about how uh, they're seeing consumers trade down. They're seeing more spending on consumables versus discretionary items. Uh, when you see, when you look at Home Depot, um, yes, sales are up, but, you know, they're seeing a decline in customer transactions. Um, you know, this morning, Target uh, missed badly and then also spoke of that same sort of uh, inclination to buy consumables as opposed to discretionary items. And then Lowe's as well, um, kind of mimicking a little bit of what we heard out of Home Depot. So we think that there is a, a transition, an important transition coming to light here as it relates to uh, the state of the consumer as as well as the impact of persistently high inflation and uh, and now some other issues that are kind of probably starting to be felt more, uh, that being the extended declines in the stock market this year, the slowdown in the housing market, right? And then, uh, and then you're starting to maybe get more concerns about job security picking up now with the announcement of large layoffs at some of these big tech companies. You said something in there that stuck out to me. Um, it's starting to pick up. The bad news is starting to pick up is what I heard in my head. Um, with the Fed kind of hitting a lot of interest rate hikes, are the problems going to start to pick up? Because those are those kind of lag or slowly get into the economy. Are we in for a rough 2023 or at least a turbulent 2023? Yeah, I bet, you know, I think uh, I think we're in for a, a, let's just say, challenging 2023, uh, economically speaking. Uh, and, uh, you know, the stock market might not be as challenged as the economy is in 2023. And, and what yeah. I mean by that is we've had a lot of, uh, of fear priced into the market this year as it relates to the economic outlook and, and the potential for a, a recession. And, and, of course, with a recession, you'll get much lower earnings growth or actually most likely negative earnings growth. And um, and you'll see the lag effect as you're as you're talking about from these interest rates that just started picking up in March. Um, you'll see that kind of really come to the surface more in 2023. Uh, you'll see that lead to more layoff announcements um, and, again, likely lower levels of cons- consumer spending, which make for a more challenging economy. Um, now, in terms of talking about the stock market outlook, you know, one of the ingredients we felt uh, is important for, uh, for the market to feel better that it's hit a bottom is to see these earnings estimates get cut more sharply. And uh, and when that happens, then investors have a a stronger sense of confidence that they're buying a stock that's beaten down or even an index is beaten down at, at, at a true value as opposed to a, 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 a you know, a hoped for value. Um, so you start to see the uh, earnings game change a bit where you see uh, a sharp downgrade in earnings estimates, but then companies coming out and beating those much lower earnings expectations, which is an, can mark an important shift as it relates for investor sentiment. So it's possible that the stock market could see that happen 
you know, at some point around the middle of 2023 and therefore uh, get a better performance out of it, even though the economy itself is not doing all that great. One of your statistics that you threw down as one of your last sentences today in your consumer spending views mixed opening um, page one column today was the S&P 500 is up six and a half percent from a week ago. The Nasdaq's up nine point seven percent. Like, wow. Can we just copy and paste that a couple times um, in my head is what I'm thinking. And But you're right. There's a, a there's a lack of conviction. How much further can we go? Um, are you worried that? There's a big spring in the box stock market right now, and we bounce high in one week. And wow, that's big. Um, but that doesn't really match up with what we're seeing out of retail sales. It doesn't really match up with what we're seeing out of the Fed Reserve. Um, when are you worried that we should be in the stock market? Because I'm in the stock market. I'm just in less risky assets than I was 12 months ago in the stock market. Yeah. But I'm in just in case there's these big weeks like this. Well, and that's a really important point, Rob, actually, I wrote a big picture column uh, a few weeks ago, um, you know, just talking about how um, this is a market you do want to be in and you want to you want to continue to dollar cost average because you never know when that big week is coming and that big day is coming. Right. Um, and especially now when you've seen the S&P 500, that means not it was down more than 20 percent not that long ago. Right. Um, you know, the Nasdaq was down like around 35 percent or so. Um, those are sharp declines off of those prior peaks. And so, um, you know, from a consumer spending standpoint, right, don't we all like a bargain? Like you want to buy something that's uh, maybe not at full price. You know, you want something that's, you know, 25, 30, 40, 50 percent off. And so I think that same mentality needs to kick in as it relates to the long term investing mindset. And that's why you stay invested in this market with a dollar cost averaging approach uh, that will pay dividends, you know, as we ultimately recover. This market will recover. Um, there's plenty of history that suggests that we're, you know, in a down cycle right now, but you emerge from those down cycles uh, with some, you know, pretty good returns. And if you're not in the market, you won't benefit from those returns. So, uh, you know, um, so to that point, I mean, I think it, it's a, uh, have we seen the bottom? You know, it, it's difficult to say. I think that we're, we're close to a bottom anyway, just given what we've seen in terms of the uh, inflation trends of late, right? They, they are moving in the right direction. And that's an important ingredient because the stock market needs to be convinced that the Fed is not going to, um, um, you know, be its enemy anymore. And, uh, and, and it's still not there yet. You know, we're hearing from Fed officials that there's, you know, we're still going to see rates move up. Um, but we might get to that point, you know, in the next, oh, you know, three to six months, perhaps, where the Fed stops raising rates and and uh, and then the market could ultimately take that to mean that, you know, the next move could, is apt to be lower in terms of that uh, monetary policy versus higher. But, um, you know, the inflation data will, will, will ultimately be the telling point in that respect. But. Um, the market, the stock market has to have confidence in the idea that the Fed is done raising rates and is about to actually pivot to a rate cut cycle. And that's when you'll see a better performance for the stock market. It's interesting to note that one of the goals the Fed very likely has, and I'm, I'm making this up and I'm putting words to their mouth, but they probably wanted to see housing kind of cool down, lose its speculation. It was a crazy two years that we had in 2020-21 as far as return on your money if you're in real estate, but also crypto. Um, they have to be thrilled that that speculative asset is broken and, and fallen apart. Um, 
any other sacred cows out there that we want to see fall or any thoughts on crypto and housing cooling off and maybe playing with the Fed's cards? Well, you know, the employment situation is, is okay. I think, is really what's on the on the Fed's mind okay. uh, more so than anything else. You know, I, I think the Fed uh, can appreciate that, you know, people are have been hurt, you know, by what's happened in the crypto universe. Um, I think they can also appreciate that their monetary policy helped uh, fuel that type of mania. Um, so uh, maybe appreciating the fact that there could be some culpability there, frankly. Um, same thing with the housing market, right? Um, you know, they were still buying mortgage-backed securities at the start of the year here, which helped, you know, keep those mortgage rates quite low. And a lot of people chasing homes at, you know, full price, you know, waiving inspections and, and whatnot. Um, and now, unfortunately, the housing market is, is really cooling down with that spike in mortgage rates and the Fed now uh, letting those mortgage-backed securities roll off uh, each month uh, to a significant degree. So uh, so there'll be continued pressure on that housing market, but the Fed and Fed Chair Powell have been pretty specific in saying that they really want to see some weakening in the labor market to help uh, provide some, uh, take some of the edge off of the wage-based inflation pressures that are filtering through here. Uh, and so that'll be the focal point for them more than anything else. Uh, but you could see that with the troubles we've had in the stock market, with the slowdown in the housing market, uh, what we're seeing now out of these tech companies that are announcing big layoffs, um, you know, you should start to see some of that weakening here in coming months. And that can create a little bit of relief as it relates to the interest rate outlook uh, that the stock market is, is hoping for. I love the insight in the conversation. Thank you very much. It's Patrick O'Hare. I look forward to his daily column, page one, each and every day. One of the very first things that I read to start my day. It's three or four paragraphs. It's it's well done. But by Friday, the big picture column is important to me as it shows me what just happened in the last week. What what are we looking forward to next week? And he just schooled me. I said, do you think the Fed is happy that uh, risky assets like Bitcoin and homes have come down and or flat out broken? And he goes, nope, they're worried about jobs. And I love that. Um, showing you that I don't have to be right and I don't have to be the center of attention. He was right. Target's down 13.8% today. There's a mixed reaction to earnings news out of Target. Mixed reaction to the October retail sales report. Strengthening dollar, which is bad for large mega cap stocks. So they're lagging today after having a big last five days on the market. A little bit of a... For lack of a better word, normal consolidation going on. Big event Thursday night in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge with CFP Chad Burton. Use the code EVENT25 at chadburton.com to sign up for the event. It's our first event back, and it's all about income and retirement. I'm Rob Black. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.